Today, we're going to explore why you need to be distinctive on social so that your brand comes to mind first when someone is thinking about buying your product. In this episode, you'll learn what are distinctive assets and why they're so important for your brand, why advertisers need to remind themselves that they're not the customer when using distinctive assets in creative, and some of the things you can check right now with your brand to see if you're being distinctive enough and what you can do to fix that. Did you know that it's estimated people are exposed to at least 6,000 ads every day? That means your ad isn't just going up against brunch photos, TikTok dances and cat videos. It's competing with at least 5,999 other brands for a person's attention. And as a marketer, you want your potential customers to choose you at the shop shelf. But if they don't know who you are or remember what it was you were saying, you reduce your chances of being picked. And this is where distinctive assets come into it. Think of your distinctive assets almost a bit like your creative rules. And we do love rules, particularly when it comes to social. Because as Ogilvy famously said, give me the freedom of a tight brief. Take Google's logo. They are those colours because those are the only ones that Larry Page knew how to code. Or take Super Mario's iconic outfit and moustache. There are the results of limited tech at the time to show a human. Rules or boundaries help us stay within the line. They define our brand and act as signals for what we're about and help brands become recognisable. Another way to think about distinctive assets is that they are basically everything but the actual name of your brand that signifies what you're about. Think, I'm loving it, or Intel's whizzy jingle. And that's what I'll be talking to you about today as I answer the question, what makes a distinctive brand on social? First, let's start with how you make your rules. I always like to grab a piece of paper and draw a spider diagram, write the brand in the centre, and then draw legs out to logo, colours, characters, product shape, slogan, tone of voice, functional and emotional benefits, and the brand's values and mission. And from here, you then want to uncover the distinctive or recognisable elements that you could use as a signal of those different features. This could be a sound, a colour, a character, the product shape or an icon, basically anything that could live across your packaging, website or communications that you'll use consistently for years to come. Professor Jennifer Romaniuk, in her book Building Distinctive Assets, proposes a four-box grid to understand which distinctive assets to invest in, with the key takeaways being, if it's not very unique or well-known already, then it can probably be ignored. But if it's unique and people connect that element to the brand correctly, then invest heavily in it. Something that I've done with brands in the past is shown them a series of social ads, but taken away the caption and the logo, and asked them to name the brands. Unsurprisingly, one or two are recognisable, but the others could be any brand. And this is a problem, because if your brand doesn't have the emotional strength inside your consumer's mind, you're not going to be thought of at all at the moment of purchase. Think about the Coca-Cola bottle. It doesn't need a logo or its name emblazoned on it. You see that bottle shape and you think Coke, happiness, refreshment, hot days, maybe even Christmas, or the thick black copy of Oatly. You see that and immediately think oat milk, funny, cheeky, alternative. And so when you're in the moment of wanting a refreshing fizzy drink or you need to buy some alternative milk for your visiting vegan friend, you know exactly which brand you're going to buy. And that's the power of the distinctive assets. They set you apart from competitors and they make you memorable. One amusing assumption I do see come up a lot is the idea that brands always want to make the logo bigger, which is a fair comment to challenge. But firstly you're in too deep. As a brand or an advertiser for a brand, you've got the branded pens, the branded notebooks, the PowerPoint presentation themes, the daily meetings, the sales updates. It's not surprising you feel overwhelmed by the logo appearing. 
But no one in the real world spends as much time thinking about brands as much as we do. Research from LinkedIn actually found that 50% of consumers wrongly attribute ads to their respective brands. So maybe the logo isn't big enough. Secondly, this is exactly where distinctive assets come into play. You won't need to slap your logo on everything if you make your brand colour famous or always feature your jingle. Nike, Cadbury, Capri Sun, they can get away with just showing a tick, the colour purple or a juice pouch because they've invested over a number of years to make those synonymous with their product experience. However, if you are a startup brand, you probably do want to feature the logo a bit more because you need to start sowing the seeds of being recognisable. But over time, imagine changing your advertising objective to be known for the colour orange. That's the kind of memorability you want to strive for. Lastly, research from Ipsos found that when a brand's recognisable assets are featured in an ad, they performed better on grabbing consumer attention 34% more often to when they weren't used. And ads that just featured the brand name didn't make an ounce of difference when it came to getting attention. So what can you do to assess whether you're being distinctive on social? Take a look at your Instagram feed or your TikTok ads and really ask yourself, is your content recognisable? For example, does your unique product shape feature as part of the storyline? Can you ensure that every time a person is featured, they're wearing your brand colour? Or if there's text on the ad, is it in your brand font? Or is there a certain visual style you can adopt? The following are some useful accounts that make use of distinctive assets to really signal what the brand is about, which could be a helpful starting place for you. This list includes Oreo, Monzo, KFC, Burberry and Radio 1. And at the end of the day, who doesn't want to create a memorable, famous brand? It means you can charge more for your products, you can extend into new communication channels with ease, and you can have a lot more fun in your creative, playing with your distinctive assets too. The Weetabix and Heinz baked beans tweet would have done well even without the packaging in the background. To conclude this week's episode, I'll leave you with these three takeaways. One, your distinctive assets are shortcuts for your audience, for what your brand is about. Two, Think of them like your rules. They set the boundaries you can play in and they need investing in over a long period of time. And three, if you're not distinctive, you've basically wasted media and creative budget. You're listening to the Social Minds podcast. This has been Answered with Pollyanna Ward, where we clear up the questions that marketers hear most.